This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about why you should beware the endowment effect as a way to combat clutter, and we'll take a deep dive into listeners' one-word themes for the year. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, whose one-word theme, enigmatically, is number six. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, when you say my theme, it sounds like it's like a a title of an episode of Lost or something. (laughs) I like it. Number six. Yeah. Well, quick update. In episode 204, we talked about why you might put a Band-Aid on it, and we heard from a lot of people about this idea. Uh, For one thing, a lot of people wrote in to say that they had good luck using put a Band-Aid on it with family issues that just weren't ever going to get resolved, Mm. Um, issues with in-laws or stepchildren or family members where, you know, you just sort of have to make the best of it and move on, and you just sort of have to deal with that. And in reading their emails about these kinds of uh, situations, I was reminded of one of my favorite moments from the movie Madagascar, Mm -hmm. which is when those penguin, the hilarious penguins are, they're hoping that no one is going to notice that they are plotting their escape from the zoo. Um, And here they are talking. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. That's what you got to do with your difficult relatives. Put a Band-Aid on it, Uh, smile smile and wave, wave. (laughs) move on. (laughs) That's funny. 
Well, Gretch, we did hear from a lot of people about the various Band-Aids in their lives. Um, we heard from Emily, who said, before Elizabeth explained the meaning behind put a Band-Aid on it, it reminded me of a funny story from college 15 years ago when I literally put a Band-Aid on something. At the time, I had a brand new car. It was my first car, and I loved it. A few months in, someone backed into my front bumper and dented it pretty badly. It took their insurance company weeks to come out for an estimate and even longer to fix it. I hated continuing to see my brand new car with this big dent. Then one day I had an idea. My Disney princess band-aids made me quite happy when I had a cut. Why not put a Disney princess band-aid <laughs> on the dent? And that's exactly what I did. You could barely see the small band-aid on the car, but honestly, it made me smile and feel so much better every time I saw the dent for those several weeks until I got it fixed. While this is a little silly, I think it does fit with Elizabeth's bigger theme. I couldn't fix a car myself. I couldn't make the dent go away, but I could do something on the surface to make me feel better about it. In this case, it happened to be an actual Band-Aid. <laughs> that is so cute. I love it. I love theme Band-Aids. That's like a whole new yes. innovation. Um, and this was an interesting uh, uh, story from Paige. She writes, I love this, tried this at home because it was something that my mom, who also listens, and I had just debated. I struggle with social media. I just find that viewing Facebook rarely makes me happier and normally stirs up envy or disappointment that I wouldn't have encountered if I had just not checked my Facebook or Instagram account. My solution is to delete the apps off of my phone so that I never accidentally start scrolling. I found that I am much happier and more content when I'm not checking my social media apps. Deleting my social media apps was putting a Band-Aid on my jealousy problem. Recently, prior to listening to this week's episode, I asked my mom if she thought I was being short-sighted by just deleting the apps and calling it a day. I feared that I had fooled myself into thinking my jealousy problems were fixed, but really, I just don't have to confront them as much if I'm not on Facebook. Her advice to me, first, understand myself and the traps that rob me of happiness and do what I can do to avoid those, while also acknowledging that this solution does not fix the problem completely. This perfectly summed up what Elizabeth was describing with the Band-Aid effect. My fear was that I wasn't doing what you guys mentioned about the inner work, but now I realize I'm doing my best to take control of my happiness. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. I nice, mean, it's, Paige. Yeah, and it's a really helpful way to think about it because I exactly understand what she's talking about, sort of yes. the deeper problem and kind of the surface problem. But yeah. while addressing the deeper one, do what you can on the surface. Exactly, exactly. And then, Gretch, several listeners made the excellent point that sometimes we should not put a Band-Aid on it. Sometimes we really need to probe the problem and identify a real solution. Allison said, while the put a Band-Aid on it idea seems nice, I'd like to add that it's never worked for me. I get migraines, and so I've learned not to put a Band-Aid on it when I should have been in search of the cause or a better medication. Also, I've had a couple of unhealthy friendships that I've had to finally end up leaving. For too long, I had been letting it roll off my back. Then, when I finally did have the courage to tell the other person how I felt, they blew it off. Or if I had put a Band-Aid on it for a work issue with a colleague, nothing was resolved until I talked to my boss about it so that we could fix it. While the idea sounds good in theory for temporary relief, I feel that I was ignoring the situation until it blew up. So, of course, it's true what you say, Gretchen. When you have a great truth, the opposite is also true. Sometimes a Band-Aid works. Sometimes we need stitches. And so part of it is Sometimes knowing... Sometimes we need surgery. Yeah, yeah. So part of it is just knowing this is one tool, but it may not be the right tool. 
something to think about. But yeah, but sometimes you need to really, really do that probing. So thanks, listeners, for all these ideas about put a Band-Aid on it. Yes. It was really interesting to read how everyone interpreted it. Now, listen, this week, our Try This at Home tip is something that I have been thinking about a lot because, you know, I don't know that I've mentioned it, but I have this <laughs> book that's coming out in March called Outer Order, Inner Calm. I don't know if, if you know about you that. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so anyway, I'm thinking about Outer Order and Inner Calm, like morning, noon, and night. And this mm. is one of the big, big themes if you are in, hot in pursuit of Outer Order and Inner Calm which is that you should beware the endowment effect. Okay, I love that phrase. I have absolutely no idea what it means. Okay, so research shows that people experience a psychological phenomenon that is called the endowment effect, which means that we value things more once we own them. That mm -hmm. means like if there's like some kind of, uh, you know, mug that's out in the world, you're not going to passionately want it. But once it's in your house, once you own it, you will endow it with extra meaning. And so once that thing's in your house, it's going to be a lot harder to get it out again. It will gain in value simply because you own it. And so what's the bad thing about that? Okay, so what that means, the significance of that is to think before you accept something, before you like accept a freebie or somebody gives you swag at a conference or like a, somebody is going to give you a hand-me-down or you, you, there's like a great sale and there's a great deal on something, Really press yourself to say, mm. do I really need this thing? Do I really love this thing? Because, you know, it's like some hand-me-down toy or like, you know, when my mother-in-law was going to give me this lamp, you know, you're sort of tempted to just take it. But if you don't need it, don't take it. Because once you take it, it's going to be like a whole extra layer of, um, you know, complication to manage. I get it. So then it's like in five months, you know, ask yourself in five months, do I want to be struggling with this <laughs> item? Uh, it's so funny you mention a mug because you know I love mugs. Yes. But like, for instance, we have a mug that's from Gelson's, which is the grocery store right next to us. Yeah. And some anniversary of Gelson's, they were giving out mugs. And I took one. And now when I try to like, clean out my mug shelf. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can't possibly get rid of this Gelson's mug. This is our grocery store. Yes. It's like, who cares? You know, why is this sentimental to me? Right. Um, but because I, t if I had never taken it, it's not like I would be missing my Gelson's mug. No, you're not going to go out and buy a Gelson's mug. No, but because I put it on the shelf, I now cannot bring myself to get rid of it. Yes. And this is a perfect example of the kind of the next consequences, which is even if you manage to convince yourself that you don't want it anymore, which takes a little bit of work sometimes, even if you want to get rid of it, you have to figure out how to do it because it's a perfectly right. good mug. What do you do with a perfectly yeah. good mug? Like, are you going to take it to the thrift store? Are you going to find somebody in your life who needs a mug? Are you going to take it to the office because they need a mug? It's like now you're going to have to figure out the person mm -hmm. or the place or the organization to give it to. And that's a pain. Or if you're going to recycle it, sometimes it's kind of hard to figure out how to recycle something or how to dispose of it properly. It's often not that easy, like, to figure out how to divest ourselves of our stuff even if we've decided that we want to, and even deciding that we want to, that is hard. So you're just opening yourself up for a lot of complications for things that you may never really have wanted in the first place. So Gretchen, how can we combat the endowment effect? Once we own something, because I'm sure a lot of us have things that, you know, we, we didn't hear this, try this at home. And so we brought these things into our home. How can we combat it and overcome it? Well, the, the way to overcome it is to not let it in, is to really fight it off at right. the source. And so one thing you can do is you can say, if I didn't already own this possession, 
would I buy it? And here's yeah. a great example. So I love, love, love a tote bag. I have yeah. so many tote bags and I probably have 15 or 20 tote bags. And it was really, really, really hard for me to get down to that few because I'm like, each one is special yeah. and different. And you and I were together and we got a really great tote bag. And I was like, literally like looking in the instructions. Are we allowed to take these tote bags? Yes. Home? I took it home and then I immediately gave it away because I'm like, who am I kidding? I don't need another tote bag. Why? I, but I didn't even just like absentmindedly bring it home. I like purposefully brought it home. And then I'm like, the last thing I need in the world is another tote bag. And so, well, Gretchen, you know what's funny about that hmm. is at the time when you were figuring out if we were allowed <laughs> to take the tote bag, I thought to myself, it's so funny that Gretchen wants this tote bag. I'm surprised because her thing is don't take free stuff. And she's always saying she has too many tote bags. It's so interesting that she loves this tote bag so much that she's like scouring through these papers to see if we're allowed to take it. And so it's funny that that happened. I didn't say anything because I figured, well, Gretchen knows what she wants. If she wants this tote bag, she wants it. Clearly. Because I had even thought for me, should I take this? Because I don't really need it. But since you took it, I thought, well, this is a high value item. Gretchen's taking it. I'm going to take it. No, clearly, if you see either of us out in the world and there is a tote bag anywhere in the vicinity, intervene and say yes you too not take the tote <laughs> put down the tote bag um yeah so one thing is if i didn't own this would i buy it would i have ever even for a second like if we'd wandered into a gift shop and they were like these are for sale for two dollars would i have bought it no way right no way right. would never i would right. have been like last thing i need is a tote bag a lot of times the freeness of something or if something's a really good deal that can make you reach out for things that you wouldn't otherwise take, and then you own them. The other thing is when um, you kind of start accidentally stockpiling. And this is when, mm. this is a very frustrating category of things because they're very useful things, but they keep coming to you and you don't, you can't really use them. And yet they don't, they're not trash. So it's something like we get rubber bands around our newspapers in the morning because we're such mm. old fashioned people. We still get newspapers. Well, we would have, 2,000 rubber bands by this point. But like, what do you do with rubber bands? Or glass jars. It's like, they're useful, mm. but you can't use 100 glass jars. Ketchup packets, things like that. Mm. These are things where if you keep them, they start piling up and they're useful, but you can't use them. But only in small amounts. Like you only need so many rubber bands. Right. 30 is probably plenty. Three is plenty. 10 is probably enough. Five might be enough. And then there's also accidental collections where you start keeping something because it feels sort of cool or there's a kind of completion or kind of a trophy quality to something. And then they start feeling like a collection that's valuable. So I think of this with playbills a lot. People mm. collect playbills because it sort of feels like, oh, I went to the show. But then do you ever really look at the playbills? Because they just sort right. of they feel like, well, I have a whole collection. Um, if you're the kind of person who go to a museum exhibition, you buy the book. I have friends who have the, like massive collections of these books. I mean, they clearly never look at them. Right. To right. my eye. Um, meaningless trophies that kids have, piles of magazines. Like you'd be like, I have five, like a complete set of five years of magazines. But it's like they start to collect and there's kind of right. the satisfaction that you get in adding to the collection. And then, and then these are your things. You, so you endow them with this meaning. But there's no actual value in it because you don't. What are you going to do with it? It goes, Gretchen, to something in my life, which is swag. You know, yeah. I've talked on the podcast before about how I get all this swag from different shows I work yeah. on, hats, sweatshirts, 
shot glasses, um, you know, martini shakers, martini, all sorts of things. Yeah. And uh, some of them I really want, but some of them I don't, especially if it's not a show that I am particularly emotionally attached to. But up until now, I have felt like I need to keep every single one of these things because it's like, well, I'm collecting all the swag from all these shows, but I really don't need it. So I'm going to allow myself to jettison out of my life all of the show swag that I don't want. Now, it goes without saying that anything that says the fix on it, I will be keeping yes. for life. Yes. But um, there are certain other things that, you know, I can let go of. Well, there are mementos of accomplishment and kind of their milestone markers because, like, this was the time when I worked on this show. But you don't need all of it. You know, you can pick and choose right. and let the other things go because other people probably would find these, like, wildly cool and exciting to have. So... Let them go out into the world. Um, yes. Uh, so let us know if you do try this at home and how the endowment effect has cropped up in your life and what you've done to combat it. Uh, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or to happiercast.com slash 208 for anything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that's related to the endowment effect. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flowknit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
So, Liza, this happiness hack is related to the endowment effect and that I think that there's sort of this this feeling that once we own a piece of clothing, it, it's a responsibility, you know, like we feel like we should wear it. And if we're not wearing it, we feel bad about it. And this can kind of set up this strange emotional cycle around our our clothing. And uh, this listener had an interesting approach. Tor says, frustrated by having lots of clothes, lucky me, but really only ever wearing the same 10 things over and over again, I decided to challenge myself to make the most of my wardrobe, a different outfit every day. I want to see how many days I'll be able to go without repeating what I was wearing. Hopefully this will force me to explore and make better use of the lovely things I have and maybe find a few new favorites. I find it really hard to declutter my clothes as unless it's damaged in some way, I always end up hanging on to it just in case, even though it never gets worn. So I hope this challenge will help me weed out items that I'm never going to wear and that are just taking up space. If I've got through most of my clothes, but there are still those items sitting at the back that I'm not going to put on because I just can't bear to, off to the charity shop they'll go. I think this is a great way to declutter clothes. Exactly, because what she's doing is it's like these things seem valuable to me because they're in my closet, right? Unless they're damaged, I feel like I want to wear them. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to press myself to really wear them and make use of them, make good use of all of them, not just my favorite 10. And then if there's something I just can't use, well, then I'll know I can't use it and that'll make it easier to let go of it. So I think this is a great way both to identify what to get rid of, but then also to make use of what you have, which is also really important with kind of yes. creating order. It's this idea of you're, you're making the most of your resources, that things are being used. That's very satisfying. Gretchen reminds me, um, you always say spend out. It's yes. like spend out your nice clothes, wear them. Yes. If they're just sitting in a closet, they're doing no good. Yeah, absolutely. It's just as wasteful never to wear them than to just like, you know, throw them on the floor and jump up and down on them. So great idea, Tor. Thank you. And now, Elizabeth, we're going to go a deep dive into something that has been so much fun for you and for me. The one-word themes of our listeners. Yes. In episode 201, we talked about choosing a one-word theme for the year. And um, so many of our listeners have amazing themes. We want to do a deep dive um, into their themes and hear what they are and why. One of the things that a lot of people did that I thought was really interesting is they picked a word that had many meanings um, in, in different contexts. And so it was a yes. word, it had a lot of rich meanings. And one great example came from Lizzie. Lizzie wrote, my one word theme for 2019 is worth. I chose it because it has several shades of meaning that apply to different categories of my life. Is it worth it? I am evaluating which behaviors really add value to my life. Time with friends and reading? Check. Social media and late night TV watching? Not so much. Everyone has worth, including me. I work at a public library, so it's important to remember that the people we serve are human beings who deserve kindness and respect. On the flip side, I also need to extend that same compassion to myself and my self-care. Earn what I'm worth. I'm an obliger with a bad habit of undercutting myself. For years, I've done freelance editing for friends for free because asking for money could feel rude or awkward. I'm hesitant to ask for a raise at work, even though I've drastically grown results for the department I manage. 2019 is the year I will value what I bring to the table and ask others to value it too. So love that. Worth. Nice. Yeah. Dale said, your try this at home inspired me. I decided to have a one word theme this year and it's a bit aggressive. War, <laughs> war on carbs, war on weakness, war on debt. 
This was the first thing that came to mind when I was listening. So I've got war on carbs because I'm a recovering type 2 diabetic. Weakness because I need to go to the gym to get stronger. And debt as well because I'm trying to get control of our family's finances and get the creditors out of our lives. So I love that, Gretch, because sometimes you've got to be aggressive with yeah. your word. Yeah, uh, that's you a know, strong sometimes word. Sometimes it is a war, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a strong word. It's a compelling word. Um, and yes. it's again, it's appearing in many areas of his life, and that's interesting and like makes it richer. Elizabeth wrote, my word of the year is a little unusual and doesn't seem special enough to be a word for my whole year. My word is okay. This is because my mantra of the year is, I am okay exactly as I am. I struggle with many mental health issues, and this is to remind me that no matter what I am feeling, it's okay. It's okay to be sad, nervous, scared, or happy, and that however I am feeling, I'm okay. I also want to say okay to the storms of life that I'll experience throughout the year. No matter what comes my way, I want to take a deep breath and say, okay, and know I can handle and overcome it. So this is really great. It's tied into her mantra that. for the year, and it's just, it's really what she needs. And I think that's exactly what the one word theme should be. Yeah. Rachel's word is actually two words, continued education. She says, 2018 was a year of discovery for me as I took time off from working, something I haven't really done since I started working at 16 and have been focused on finding a new career and extracurricular activities that bring me joy. Part of that process has included pushing myself to learn new things regularly. I have started relearning Spanish on Duolingo, an app I found out about on your podcast. I've been working with a career coach to uncover what qualities I need my next job to have to find it fulfilling. And as an avid baker, I've spent a lot of time in the kitchen trying new recipes and progressively baking more challenging dishes. I have loved my time baking so much that I am considering starting a side hustle catering company in the coming year. In 2019, I have already signed up for a weekend pastry program at a culinary school nearby, as well as a business of food course offered by another culinary school here, and a bread making class at a popular LA bakery restaurant called Lodge Bread. With my continuing education, I am excited about all of the possibilities that lie ahead and where it could take me in my career, as well as the personal growth that I hope to achieve this year. Well, that's great. I mean, and it's funny, it, it's interesting to see how she's got this phrase, and then it's going in all these different directions, but all back to this idea of continued education. Um, and Elizabeth, yes. I got to say, I was thinking, hey, is Rachel listening to the Side Hustle School? Because that's for education. Side Hustle School is all about how to do yes. your side hustle. So that could yes. be a great little uh, part of her curriculum is like, you know, you just listen for like seven to 10 minutes every day and you get yourself schooled in side hustling. Yeah, she can listen while she bakes bread. <laughs> um, Gretchen, Mindy says, mine is action. I'm a questioner who tends to perform exhaustive research on a subject, but sometimes falls short on taking action on things that I'm trying to accomplish, even when I've done so much research. This theme will remind myself to take actionable steps to complete the tasks and goals that I want to accomplish. Yes. Well, so what Mindy is describing is a very common challenge among questioners. That's analysis paralysis. That's mm, when your desire. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, wanting perfect information makes it hard to decide or move forward. So there's a lot. If in the Four Tendencies book, if you're if you want to know more about this, there's a big discussion of it in the Four Tendencies book. Um, and if you have no idea what we're talking about with questioners, mm -hmm. um, take the Four Tendencies quiz uh, to find out if you're an upholder, a questioner like Mindy an obliger or a rebel, and uh, that's at quiz.gretchenrubin.com. 
Um, and speaking of the four tendencies, here we hear from a rebel. Laura writes, I usually don't make New Year's resolutions. Rebels usually don't make New Year's resolutions simply because I've never been able to stick to them. Thanks to you, I know why. I'm a rebel. Well, I've been listening to your podcast and decided to do Word of the Year in 19 for 2019, and I already accomplished one of them. I have opted out of junk mail. This is quite a process, and you can never really eliminate everything, which, of course, I find very annoying. However, I approached it by saying to myself, these companies are counting on the fact that most people will avoid these steps, and I'm not going to be one of those people. I'll show them. Strategy of identity. This fits nicely with my word of the year, which is easier. Most of my 19 for 2019 involves steps that will make my life easier so I can focus on what matters most to me. This way, everything is centered around what I want to do. Thanks so much for the Four Tendencies Framework. It has been very helpful for me. So this is great. And I love the word easier. I think that is a yes. great theme. I could imagine myself picking that theme next year. I think that I is I could see you doing easier. <laughs> and I love that her 19 um, fit together. That yeah. gives her shape to the 19 for 19. She's choosing things to make her life easier. Yeah, very cool. That, that's next level. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then Gretchen Maria Laura says, this year, my one word theme is dream. I chose this because on one side, I want to acknowledge more often that I am living the dream. I have three beautiful little children, a loving and supportive family. I am healthy, have a good job. After a big setback due to leaving my country and moving to the U.S., I have made new friends and kept most of my friends back in my hometown. I own the house in the country where we live comfortably and safely, only a short, easy drive to the city. What else could I ask for? I am focused on not letting the daily inconveniences interfere with my happiness and realizing this is it. I am living the dream. Yet after all these accomplishments, I don't want to stop dreaming. I want to set new goals and something to look forward to. That's great. So dream is like... You have the dream and keep and keep moving toward the dream. So it's it's yes. it's kind of gratitude and aspiration. I love that. I mean, it's interesting. Many people had words that were related to the idea of more, or words like my word of the year, which is uh, is growth or expand. Um, but probably even more people had words related to the idea of less. So, for instance, Denise wrote, "After giving it some thought, I think I will make my word for 2019 reduce." I chose this word because I would like to reduce several things in 2019, including my carbon footprint, my consumption of caffeine and wine, my time spent on social media, the number of unworn shoes and clothes in my closet, the clutter in our catch-all-the-junk closet, my cholesterol levels, my weight slash BMI, distractions, the time that elapses between my calls and visits with friends and family. There are others, but these are a good start. Here's to reducing in 2019. I love that. And Gretz, related to that, um, Ava had the word simplify. She says, my word for 2019, simplify. I'm a watercolor artist. And this past year, my schedule has been so hectic that I never felt I had time in the studio to work on paintings just for me. I always had paintings to finish for galleries or for class demos or for my YouTube channel. I feel I need more creative playtime without the pressure of wanting a sellable painting. So simplifying my life in order to carve out more time to putter and play is my goal for 2019. Polly has a, a one that, again, has multiple meanings throughout her life. She writes, my word for 2019 is voice. 
I sometimes feel I hold myself back as I struggle to articulate my thoughts and opinions to others, and I'm often content to just sit and listen but would like to contribute more. In work, I would like to improve my ability to speak publicly, but I think I would find the resolution to improve public speaking really off-putting. With so much political and environmental turmoil in the world, I would love to find a way to be more politically active and get my voice heard. I really enjoy music, but I have become less and less involved in making it or even listening to it in recent years. Although I've never been a singer, I know that singing would make me happy. So refinding my musical voice will also be something I enjoy. Ironically, I must be slightly run down as I seem to have lost my voice today. <laughs> so literally looking after myself and restoring my physical voice could be my first task of 2019. I've listened to your show for such a long time and have never contacted you before. The first step of using my voice. Excellent, Polly, yes. Yay. Thank you for using your voice. It's great to hear from you. This is great. Yes. Um, here's one that you'll love, Gretchen. Yeah. Paul says, my word is habits. I have many New Year's resolutions, including losing some weight, paying off my credit card debt, being active while watching the news, getting healthier and more hydrated, and decluttering my home. Well, that covers just about everything. <laughs> I have some daily habits and weekend habits that I will practice to help with these goals. I also plan to re-listen to Better Than Before for more inspiration and to get 2019 off to a productive and happier start. Yes, more habits for all. That's a fantastic theme. Habits is the theme of your life. <laughs> it's a great theme, yes. Tara says, this year, I'm going to choose the word present. This has a triple meaning for me. I want to live in the present and enjoy every moment as it is happening instead of worrying about what has happened in the past or worrying about the future. I'm currently trying to have a baby, but I just want to be happy where I am right now. I have a stepson, so we get to see him every other week. And the other weeks, we have a lot of freedom right now, and I want to enjoy it. If we do have a baby, I know I'll look back and wish I had enjoyed this free time. I also want the word to remind me to be present in everything that I do not trying to do too many things at once and completely giving all my attention to what I'm doing or who I'm with. A triple meaning for me is a spiritual goal that I want to spend more time in prayer and reading the Bible and that I want to spend more time to be present with God. I keep thinking of new meanings for the word and ways to apply it, such as being present in the lives of friends who live far away, and I'm wanting to dress up and put on makeup more often so I can present myself in a nicer way at work and other activities. If I keep writing this, I will just come up with more. I love that. I love the idea that it just keeps going and going and going. Um, and that means that it's a really great word for you because it's popping up all over the place. Gretch, this one comes from a fellow Liz. She says, this year I turned 40 and I have two small children at home. So many of my goals focus on work-life balance and trying to get back into shape after having my kids. So I chose the word fit for 2019. I am going to work hard to fit more in my life, such as hobbies, date nights, time with each of my boys, excellence at work. And I'm also going to focus on getting more fit. I love these multiple meanings. Yes, so do I. And then, Gretchen, you had asked on Twitter just what are people's one-word themes. Yeah. And we got so many responses, and I just wanted to read some of them. Um, there was showing up, consistency, perspective, home, delight, mm. outer order, inner calm. Yes. Phrase. Yes. No waste, happiness, recast. That's intriguing. Focus, strength pause, goals, joy, relationships, open, follow through, simplify, and the list goes on. There's yeah. so many good ones. Yeah. No, it's so inspiring because you read all these words and you're like, yes, 
this is the one for me too. So yeah, we could have like a huge encyclopedia of ideas. I love it. Love it. Uh, um, it's really true. So thank you everybody for sharing your words with us. They're, it's just so much fun to hear what's on people's minds. Yeah. Coming up, Gretchen's got an Outer Order Intercom Gold Star. But first, this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has Greenlight, and one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one-time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. Okay, it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars. And Elizabeth, this episode, it's your turn for Demerit. Okay, Gretchen. Um, for once, I actually have some downtime. Um, we're done with season one of The Fix. We're waiting for it to come on. Um, March, March 18th. It premieres. <laughs> yes. And, 10 o'clock p.m. Um, although- 10 o'clock p.m. on ABC. Yes, exactly. Monday's at 10. And although we do have some things to do compared to what I usually have to do, you know, I, I, I definitely have downtime. And even though I have downtime, I have not gone back to the parent mindfulness class that they have at Jack's school on Tuesday mornings. Mm. So I used to go to this. I've talked about it on the podcast. I love this class. I think it is so incredibly valuable. Every single time I've gone, I felt like I got so much out of it. I know when it is. Um, and I could have easily started going back like when the semester started, you know, after a break. That was a perfect time to start up again. And I've said to myself, mindfulness is starting right now. I'm sitting here on campus, and I haven't gone. And I'm very mad at myself. Do you think you could start going next week? I mean, I could. Um, 
You know what I maybe I need to do is get like a buddy, like yes. my friend Amanda. Yes. Maybe I need to say Amanda Accountability. Will you go on Tuesday. Yes. Because I find it intimidating because you have to do these partner exercises. And even though everyone's incredibly nice, I just worry no one wants to be my partner. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's it's so great. It is so great. Maybe if I say, Amanda, will you go with me and will you be my partner? Yes you know, then I'll be more likely to do it. I think that's accountability and it also makes it a lot less scary. So I think that's a great solution. Try that. Okay. I'll let you know if um, (laughs) I start going and if Amanda's not interested, um, I'll I'll see if I can find someone who is. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, Gretch, that's my demerit. What is your gold star this week? So because I am obsessed with outer order and inner calm, I think it will come as a surprise to no one that I am giving a gold star to Marie Kondo's new TV show on Netflix called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And Marie Kondo, of course, is like this international clutter-clearing superstar because she wrote (laughs) the book uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Um, She's got a very specific way that she says that people should clear clutter. And this is a new show where she goes in. There have been eight episodes. I've seen all eight, of course, um, where she goes in with a different family and helps them clear their clutter. And to me, there's nothing more fascinating than like seeing people's inside their houses, seeing their relationship with their possessions, seeing how they relate to their possessions. How do they work out conflicts among themselves? How do they implement her ideas the most famous of which is that you should keep something only if it sparks joy. That's, I think, what she's probably best known for. Mm-hmm. So I've been, uh, I I love these shows. And so I just want to give a gold star to Marie Kondo because I'm just enjoying the show. And I'm getting kind of a contact high. Um, from I was going to ask. Yes. I thought you probably uh, would. Yes. I mean, to me, it's so exhilarating to see people clear clutter that it's just like I can't get enough of it. <laughs> um and so, um, so I really have been enjoying watching that. So gold star to tidying up with Marie Kondo. Yes. Awesome. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Beware the endowment effect. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our engineer, Bob Tabador. Also, thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. I simply cannot say it enough times, and so I will say it again. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. Word of mouth is how most people hear about their podcasts. And also subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The resources for this week. Remember, if you need suggestions for poems and passages to read at a wedding, I have a collection of wedding readings recommended to us from other happier listeners. You can download it for free at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. And if you're looking for a good book to read, read the choice for the Happier Podcast Book Club, which is Danny Shapiro's outstanding memoir, Inheritance. Uh, Read along and you can post your questions and insights to hashtag Happier Podcast Book Club. We cannot wait to talk about it with you. Yeah, and Gretch, we'll be talking to Danny on episode 212, which goes live on March 13th. So we want everybody to get us their questions and comments before then um, for our book club discussion. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretch, is it bad? I have no interest in watching the Marie Kondo show. It just...
Clearing clutter is just not something I need to watch on Netflix. Um, I'll watch for the both of us. <laughs> okay. I'll try to see maybe a couple minutes because it's all anyone's talking about, but I don't want to sit there and, and you know, feel bad about myself. <laughs> From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well... Now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. <laughs> 